your daily dose of all things Gamecocks on the Inside the Gamecocks podcast. Here's J.C. Sherbert. It's the Inside the Gamecocks podcast morning monologue. J.C. Sherbert here with you. Uh, the morning monologue sponsored exclusively by Carolina Rise, NIO Collective. Uh, go out, join Carolina Rise. Uh, go to carolinarise.com, carolinarisemembers.com. Uh, several different levels of membership. Uh, starting with the 1801 Club, $18 and a penny a month. Get you a car magnet and exclusive access to that club. Uh, we're going to limit it to 2,500 people. We're not really approaching that right now, so plenty of spots left available uh, for that. Gamecock scrimmage this past weekend. It's always a big deal, the first scrimmage. And I, I wanted to talk about the generality uh, of college football scrimmages. <laughs> uh, today on the morning monologue. And we're going to get more in depth with the scrimmage coming up with Phil uh, when the show hits uh, around 11 o'clock Eastern today. You can stream that on YouTube, stream it on Facebook, stream it on Twitter. Uh, and it's always going to be available on podcast format. My apologies uh, for no monologue or show on Friday. <laughs> when you work out of the house, sometimes things happen and uh, power outage got us. <laughs> Believe it or not. Uh, and then yesterday, I was supposed to be on Tito's and Chicken podcast. Good podcast for those of you that want to uh, check it out. <clears throat> My buddy uh, runs that, and Evan, and he's a good guy. Uh, but uh, we we're supposed to pick the second half of the schedule. Uh, and uh, lo and behold, the uh, fiance got sick. And when she gets sick, that means I have to run uh, the children places. They're the kids, the teenagers, I guess. And so I had... Um, some inescapable duties on Sunday for those of you that were looking for that. But anyway, back in the saddle now, everything's fine. Have a maybe need to get a backup generator going, but uh, if you, you know, sometimes the thing, those things make noise, so you can't really broadcast while they're here. Maybe I'll just let Phil uh, roll with the show. We'll broadcast it anyway, and then uh, I just won't say anything and uh, let Phil roll. I don't, I don't know if Phil's ready to handle all of you guys. Uh, just yet. Don't forget the uh, I help consulting mailbag inside the Gamecocks at gmail.com or tweet to at the Big Spur Pod. If you want to get into that later, also we have the Nana's Porch chat box that you can get in and we can completely interact, have some good guests lined up for you later today. All right, scrimmages. Okay, so I, I, I've been reading too much into scrimmages for years. <laughs> uh, and I decided a couple of years ago I just wasn't going to do it anymore. And this was after 2020. When, you know, there was a quarterback situation with Hill and Helensky and they're battling it out. And it, you know, was it close? Was it not close? I don't know. But the point was that year, the offense in preseason camp went up and down the field on the defense pretty consistently. And, you know, this was without Marshawn Lloyd, who was supposed to start. This is one receiver and Shai Smith that they knew that was proven and Nick Muse. And it just went up and down the field. Uh, so what happened that season? Well, the defense indeed was bad and got worse as, as the year went on, starting with that LSU game. I mean, you don't give up 52, 48, 59, three games in a row and be any kind of competent on that side of the ball, uh, even with all the pros that played there. I mean, you're talking Ernest Jones, J.C. Horn, Izzy McQuamu, Jamie Robinson, who's at Florida State now, is one of their best players. Uh they had players, you know, J.J. Enigbare. Um, they're bad at linebacker, of course, but uh, that was uh, 
that was a lesson learned. Uh, I think that, you know, when you look at most scrimmages at most schools, even when you have a quote unquote offensive minded program, uh, I'll use Mississippi state as an example. Uh, you know, Zach Arnett, their D coordinator is a really good D coordinator. You know, a lot of times their first scrimmages, uh, when the pirates out there, the defense is dominated. Um, and so I look for that as kind of a sign, uh, not to panic about the offense, but to say, okay, things are on schedule. Now, if the offense never responds and continues to have bad scrimmages, which normally the offense responds, scrimmage two, scrimmage three, the O gets better, um, then that's a concern too. It, it's hard to decipher, you know, in college football because, you know, we all know there's no exhibition games. We all know there's no scrimmages. Uh, you got to beat each other up and then go play a game. <laughs> uh, and by the time you finish beating each other up all spring and all summer and competing with each other, sometimes it's pretty easy to dissect. Uh, if you're a defensive player, I think that's why uh, defenses are usually ahead of the offense because they've been practicing against the same plays. And when you're a defensive player and you sort of know what's coming and you can dissect it easily because you've taken so many reps against it, uh, it's a little, it's a lot easier right? It's a lot easier on defense. Uh, you can cheat a little bit, right? Um, and so, you know, I don't know what all they threw uh, at the defense from an offensive perspective uh, in the scrimmage Saturday. Uh, I do know this. Uh, the first two drives, Rattler and the first team offense, uh, I guess, without Josh Van, without Christian Bill Smith, without Marshawn Lloyd, and I'll get to that in a second, they went down the field twice and scored. Now, red zone offense, uh, from what I'm told, that's a concern coming out of the first scrimmage. I think uh, what I was told, pass rush uh, is a concern. So that means Spencer Rattler had some time back there. Uh, and I know Beamer said he's holding on to the ball a little too long. He would have been hit otherwise and all that good stuff. So then there's like another piece of information you have to take and kind of digest. Well, was it because they would have been sacks and they weren't, or was it because, you know, there's all these questions when you're talking about a close scrimmage and, you know, you can talk to as many sources and contacts as you want. Uh, you know, it's hard to get a consensus opinion on it and to regurgitate that and give it to you guys. But uh, red zone offense and pass rush coming out of the first scrimmage, I think are the first uh, concerns that I've heard. And we'll see sort of how it goes. Uh, obviously Jordan Birch, has been limited in the preseason, and there's somebody certainly that can help your pass rush. You know, Jordan Strong needs to have a really good year, both against the run and the pass, uh, and then the backups need to play well too. Uh, you know, I think today's poll question is probably going to be about sacks, so we'll go from there. Uh, obviously, when you look at last season, uh, I thought as a linebacker, Brad Johnson – uh, that's probably one thing he did best is rush the passer. And that's what he is. I mean, that's that's Brad Johnson. He was, a, you know, recruited because he had excellent pass rushing skills. Uh, whether that's standing up, whether that's in a three-point stance, uh, you know, he gets after the quarterback. And he has since he's been here. If you, if you look at the things he's done well, uh, that's something he's done really a really good job of, Brad Johnson, the, the senior. Don't know who's going to start at linebacker between the three, Brad Johnson, Mo Kaba, and Sherrod Green. I will tell you this, Mo Kaba's had a really big offseason. He's coming on. Uh, who's he going to supplant? I don't know. Green missed the scrimmage, so maybe that's an opportunity for Kaba. Uh, but that's going to be a huge battle 
right there. There's two spots, three linebackers that, you know, two returning guys that started at the beginning of last year, plus a talented young guy in Kaba. Behind him, you got Debo Williams. You've got uh, Stone Blanton, Donovan Westmoreland, two freshmen. Bam Martin Scott, who was a touted JUCO, uh, is still in the mix over there. So it's going to be interesting to see how the linebacker rotation uh, sort of shakes out. Still looking for some depth at safety. Uh, freshman Nick Emanuare has impressed. You know, they need O'Donnell Fortune to step up at corner and be a guy there. Um you know, and Devonnie Reed and R.J. Roderick are your starters. So, you know, and some people groan, oh, Roderick needs to be beat out or whatever. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, you know, I think everybody was groaning last preseason that Jalen Foster was going to start. And lo and behold, look at the year he had. Uh, sometimes players save their best for last, and rightfully so. Um, so if you, if you ask me, J.C., what is your – Number one takeaway from the scrimmage, what are your concerns? Uh, What, uh, you know, looking ahead to the season, what do they have to clean up? Well, well, first of all, you know, these injuries that, that, you know, holding people out or whatever, you know, they say they're not serious. And uh, I don't think Shane Beamer, the head coach, is lying or coy or anything like that. But, you know, we know how things happen. Uh, look at Rick Sandage. It, it was supposed to be a before the end of the year type of recovery, uh, and then it wasn't, and then setback after setback. Finally, he's a medical redshirt, uh, and that's it. His career is over, retired from football, um, and his injury was was pretty serious, you know, and, and they thought it was, you know, less serious than it was, and now he's a student coach and going to go into coaching, and I think, I think Rick could be good at coach. I hate it for him. Uh, I hate it for anybody, um, and this includes Xavier Thomas up at Clemson. You guys may not agree with me there and, and want everything in the world bad to happen to them, and, and I understand it's a rivalry, and I understand the Xavier Thomas recruitment did not go uh, in the Gamecocks' favor. <clears throat> but I'll say this, you know, when he got hurt the other day and it looked more serious than it was, uh, he's out two to four weeks. Uh, broken bone in his foot, though, so – we saw with Luke Doty last year how that goes um, with the foot. You, I mean, you know, when you're on the defensive line, you obviously have to push off with your feet, and that could be a tough deal, right? And so I, um, you know, I, I hated it for him. I hate it for ever anybody, any any player that's out there uh, that's about to really come on and have a great year. Uh, to see it end with injury is just extremely disappointing. And, and I felt that way about Rick last year because he was really coming on. You know, his whole thing has been like a lot of the defensive linemen in this program that have great potential. It has been consistency. You know, you, you flash and do this against Georgia. And, you know, as a freshman, seven tackles up at Clemson. He's one of the only guys on defense did anything that night. That was the 800-yard Trevor Lawrence night where the Gamecocks offense played pretty well. The the I call it the great moral victory. Um, we talked with Jamie Bradford about that the other week. Don't need to rehash it. But Sandage is a true freshman. Got out there, seven tackles. Uh, played well at Georgia during the upset win in 2019. Flashed a lot there. Uh, you know, when he decided he wanted to go play, he played. And with the new staff coming in, he was playing well. And so that stinks. 
that stinks uh, for him there. So some of these injuries, you know, my point is, I, I don't think Beamer's being coy. I, I believe him that these are all minor. And, and I think that it gets alarming because of what's happened in the past with injuries here. And I'll always tell the Xavier Leggett story. Nobody knew where he was. And then Bobo takes over and always oh, been out for the year since this game, you know, and that kind of thing. Look, I, I understand coaches don't talk about injuries and, and, and they shouldn't, there's no rule. Uh, you don't want people to sit there and, and dissect your second team corner. In other words, if your starter is out and pick on him all game and go right after him, you, you want to let them figure that out on their own from the booth or the sideline or wherever, right? Uh, so I get it. But I also do understand the frustration from a fan standpoint where you're showing up at the ball yard counting on seeing these guys and they're sitting in street clothes. Oh, you know, the groan. And it kind of – it's a blindside kind of thing. You know, you get blindsided by it. And uh, I think with the Muschamp era in general, this fan base got blindsided by a lot. And so I get the, and like I've told you many times, I don't, I don't like to use the PTSD reference because there are people out there that uh, suffer from that uh, and it's serious and uh, I don't want to make light of that. Uh, but uh, maybe paranoia is not the word, but uh, cautious. How about that? You're cautious about these injuries. Uh, and, and so I get it. I get it. But I also get on the flip side, Whereas, you know, we all would love to see how Lloyd and Bill Smith and Van and all those guys scrimmage, right? Because we want to know, hey, these guys are going to be good this year or not. But I also don't think a preseason scrimmage is worth taking a minor injury and turning it into a major one. Uh, I think that if, if there's any question you could make it worse, you sit. Uh, and I think it's South Carolina, and it's been this way since the Spurrier era, you know, you don't always have a lot of quality depth. Uh, and that's just how it is. You know, this program was winning 11 games a year with very little depth. <laughs> and Spurrier, uh, you know, I've always said the two things about Spurrier nobody talks about because they talk about play calling and all that. But the two things people don't talk about him as a head coach for, number one, uh, his mental approach, uh, his teams were always relaxed, and his whole thing was just keep playing and play your best. You know, he never even mentioned winning uh, to them, and that was good. Play your best, play as a team, keep playing when bad things happen. You know, it sounds simple, but it worked, and, and that was part of his genius as a head coach. The other thing was keeping them healthy, and I was told, you know, and I've said this before, if it means you go out in shorts on a Tuesday before the game, so be it. <laughs> got to get, got to keep Carolina healthy because they, they said, well, yeah, our top 33, 34 players could compete with anybody in the league. But once you get behind that, and if you look at the depth chart for some of those good teams and, you know, you were counting on a, a couple of backups that, that came in and played their best and did their job when they got in, you're counting on them to go the whole game uh, as opposed to like a Melvin Ingram or a Clowney or a, you know, whoever, you name your star player, Stephon Gilmore. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey, I mean, you're going to be lacking. There's a significant drop-off. And so, I, uh, you know, is there this big, huge drop-off between Christian Beal Smith and Juju McDowell and Rashad Amos? Ah, it's hard for me to say that. I, I think Lloyd is probably, you know, if he's healthy and ready to roll, a cut above, you know. And, and I, I, I believe that after, you know, I've always kind of thought that, but after watching the Welcome Home 
deal last Wednesday. You can check that again this Wednesday. Uh, and that spin move and all that at a low angle, I'm, I'm definitely sold on that. Uh, but are you going to have a huge drop-off? No, you know, no. Josh Van, that, that actually gives – some of the other receivers a chance to go get some reps, get in tune with Spencer Rattler, all of that. But you really, you know, considering Josh, you know, uh, was played the Clemson game, played the North Carolina Bowl game, wasn't 100% last year at the end, didn't catch anything. Uh, you know, you want him to get out there and get healthy and, and, and have another great year. You know, another 43 to 50 catches would be great for him. Um and so, so there's all that, especially, you know, Jordan Birch, you need to get him back soon because it, it's his time. You know, he and Lloyd and Cam Smith, Rattler, all the guys, Pickens, all the guys that were five stars uh, out of high school or that were at least highly ranked, close to five stars, <laughs> uh, they need to play like it this year. Um, and so my point with those injuries is don't panic, don't panic. And I understand that there's concern. Uh but you'd much rather these guys be healthy uh, for the for the season, for the games, and when it counts, than you would, you know, them go out there and all of a sudden they re-injure themselves and they're out for four to six weeks or something like that. So those are my quick takeaways from the scrimmage this weekend. Don't forget, Inside the Gamecocks, the show is coming up at 11, from 11 to 1, myself and Phil Mullinax. We have some guests today. Have the chat line, the chat box. We'll talk more about the scrimmage. We'll talk about the latest Gamecock commit, Vakari Swain. We'll talk about Xavier McLeod yet again. <laughs> uh, and all that, your questions, your answers, all that good stuff. J.C. Sherbert here. This has been the Morning Monologue, sponsored exclusively by Carolina Rise uh, from the Inside the Gamecocks podcast.